Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here with David Ponraj. He is the founder and the CEO of Economic Impact Catalyst. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Dane, for having me. Absolutely. Um, I'm really glad that we were able to get together and find this time that worked. I know we've been trying a little bit, going back and forth. But why don't you start out by telling us and the listeners, what is Economic Impact Catalyst? Sure. Yeah. Uh, this uh, venture started about six years ago, primarily with the goal of making it easier for businesses to get started. It was uh, a passion project of mine because I had been uh, struggling to get a previous business started, and I told myself it had to be easier than this. And so in 2018, I launched this business with a singular focus on how to make uh, business starts easier. And along the way, I found that there were a lot of people who also had this as a primary goal. And... uh, the majority of them worked in economic development or community building or philanthropy, uh, but all of them had this vision of how do you make business starts easier. So uh, the, the way I planned to make it easier when I first started was through a platform where you could uh, essentially find other people. That was the original premise. But along the way, I realized that there were a lot of uh, uh, tools missing in economic development. And uh, and so we kind of built the tools that our clients asked for, uh, who are primary economic developers. Uh, and today we uh, serve clients in 30 different states, uh, primarily focused on helping economic developers better help small businesses. Okay, that makes sense. And I think that explains why you're in this space and why we're having this conversation because you create tools to help economic developers help the entrepreneurs in their communities. Um, Let's step back and say, why is it difficult to start a business? What's, what's hard about it? It's hard to start a business because it takes a lot of different skills uh, to start a business. You need to be uh, good in finance. You need to be good in sales. You need to be able to solve a primary problem. You need to be able to work with people. You need to be able to um, to hire, to be able to uh, uh, motivate. And along the way, at every stage of a business, your skills have to vary. Uh, you know, I, I was, and I think you can probably put this in the show notes. But uh, the CEO of Nvidia, and Nvidia is one of the six. Um, trillion dollar companies in the world today. So it's it's a very small, almost a handful of companies. 
that um, that are trillion dollars, including Microsoft, uh, Google, uh, Apple, and others. And he said, if I had to start again, I probably wouldn't start this business. And he is a he's worth thirty-seven billion dollars. And for somebody to be so enormously successful to go back and say, you know what, I probably wouldn't have started it. He said he said it was too hard to start NVIDIA, which is really now the you know the the processor chip used for AI. Uh, and right. that is a very good way to describe why starting a business is extremely hard. And and you know we want entrepreneurship to be a path to wealth creation. But I tell people all the time, don't become poor in the process of becoming rich, because really entrepreneurship is, uh, in most cases, an impossible game, uh, and and a very small percentage uh, make it through. Okay. I mean, I can understand with NVIDIA, they make a physical product that takes a lot of, you know, machinery and, and high-tech equipment just to, to put together a chip. But for the entrepreneur who maybe is starting some kind of uh, service business or something like that, is it the, do they have the same challenges? I mean, yes, you can. I think entrepreneurship is a very broad term, right? Uh, a doctor's office is an entrepreneur. Uh, so is a dry cleaner. Uh, so is somebody that is uh, a TikTok um, creator. They're all entrepreneurs in their own way. I guess the broader question is entrepreneurship that can create generational wealth. And there, if you if you take away the service-based businesses, like if you take away the doctor's offices and the lawyers, et cetera, who have to go to school yeah, and and for many years have to make a lot of money and have to invest a lot of money up front and time to get there. If you take somebody that wants to just go solve a problem, I think it is uh, hard to easily scale. I mean, let's just look at the SBA rates of failure, which have been consistent through pandemics and downturns and, uh, and growth periods over the last 80 years. We have not been able to significantly move that needle uh, in, in, and it is clearly independent of of where the economy is. So, I think yes, it is hard to start a business in general. I think that that broad term still holds true. Okay, I, I, and I think I agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean, we see businesses fail all the time. Businesses that obviously the entrepreneur had a lot of excitement about. They. Um, you know the idea was sounded great they they even found people to purchase some of their products or services and then it just doesn't work out and i know being an economic developer myself sometimes they come to us and they say hey can you help us and really you know we don't have a lot of tools in our chest to help them so something like economic impact catalyst um what you know what kinds of things what kinds of tools, what kinds of services do you provide? You know, how do you, how do you actually help the economic developers help the entrepreneurs? Sure. Economic developers traditionally have relied on pretty inefficient tools. I think the the range of tools go from like Excel to uh, to Salesforce. Uh, so when you look at corporate America, and I come from working at Nielsen. I led really large transform, transformative initiatives around technology uh, where government 
is today in terms of even just putting their arms around AI. We were talking about this 20 years back in corporate America. Like a lot of the RPA and machine learning and, and computer vision and all of these AI tools, we were already working in 20 years ago. So when you look at the inefficiencies that government agencies and nonprofit haves and how they serve entrepreneurs, there is a lot we can do to help them serve better. I mean, I'll give you my own personal example. I live here in Tampa, Florida. In my first business, and I'm a ultimate hustler, like to give you an example of how hard, and I don't know if that's a bad word or a good word, but let's say it's a neutral word. I have the record for the most number of 1 million cups presented at Nationwide. That is like completely like a hack of the system, right? To be able to think of a forum where I can present to my core audience right. and be able to do that nationwide, right? So if there is a hack, I've figured it out. I, in my first business in five years, did not know about an organization called the SBDC, which is the marquee organization funded by taxpayer dollars through the Small Business Administration to be the primary support network for small businesses. Right. So that is an example to say that there's a lot more we can do as economic developers to better create tools and infrastructure to support small businesses. And really, uh, this is a nascent industry. And uh, what we do through our tools and platform and technology is to, uh, is to service that last mile of getting government services to entrepreneurs. So working with state, local, federal agencies to help them better understand programs like the Small Business Credit Initiative, how can it go to the very small businesses and the socially economically disadvantaged individuals and the other demographics they're trying to reach, and how do you make sure that your program design has equity and inclusion and place and a sense of belonging built into the design of how these state and federal programs are created so that it can actually make it to the people they're trying to serve um, versus the kinds of things that have happened in the past where you know somebody like me who knows everything in my community did not even know about the SBDC over a five-year period of me running a business that when I closed down that business, I wish I'd known about. Right, because they might have had services or something that might have helped you and put you in a place where you didn't actually have to shut down. So this is all a exactly. matter of just finding the information, you know, making available the information and the tools that are already there uh, to the entrepreneurs who don't know about them. Yep. And work with them on designing new tools, new processes, new ways of connecting entrepreneurs. Um, so for example, with SSBCI, we've been working with several states to help design their programs from scratch uh, to make sure that those programs better connect entrepreneurs to capital. Gotcha. Okay. So that makes sense. Interesting. Um, so, I mean, is this a good business to be in? You know, to my business. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is your business a good business to be in? Is this a, is this something that uh, you know? You're, are you making money? Is this a successful thing? Yeah, and I, in terms of you know, is this industry big enough to support uh, a billion dollar company? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, I think. The, the question I tend to ask my team is, um, is not whether you can make money in a business, whether you have the fundamentals of that business right. And anytime people challenge me, I'll say, do you know of Snuggy? And they're like, 
you know, yeah, we know Snuggie, it's a blanket with two holes. That's a $20 million business. Is that a good business to be in? <laughs> right. 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 Uh, I mean, if a blanket with two holes is a good business to be in because somebody else is making $20 million, I think uh, the way I would look at it is, um, does somebody understand the fundamental mechanics of how to build a SaaS platform, how to be able to bring in consulting? So the best way to describe what we do is a uh, cross between uh, uh, somebody like Salesforce and somebody like McKinsey and company. So uh, technology and strategic consulting um, to help uh, economic development agencies better design programming. And uh, in terms of can this be a good business for somebody to be in? Absolutely. If they can figure out the intersection between bringing in uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, bringing in some of the AI tools, and then being able to break it down to connect it to everyday entrepreneurs. If they can bridge that gap, they should totally be in this business. I mean, really, your competition will only be Salesforce and McKinsey and company if you get into the space. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So then do you work with, um, you said, you mentioned you work with, you know, states and, and federal agencies and, and cities. So didn't, do you work with, you know, really small communities or are they large communities? How does that sort of break down for you? So our, uh, you know, uh, for us, we work, uh, uh, between with very large states and also with very small cities. I think um, the way we support really small uh, rural uh, communities or Main Street communities is around helping them with very specific challenges they're trying to solve or very specific project or programs they're trying to run. Like, for example, if they're looking to uh, put in an application for Build to Scale, or which is an EDA grant, or right. if they're looking to uh, you know, uh, bring in um, uh, some kind of... A, uh, and one million cups. So they're trying to bring in like an SBDC. Like if there's a specific thing that a rural community is trying to solve for, we'll come in and kind of help them put a plan together, help them uh, go find the funding, et cetera. And then when we work with um, medium-sized cities or counties, they already have a strat strategic vision. We'll help them implement that strategic vision. And then when we work with state agencies, we're typically working on specific federal programs uh, for them. So our platform, because it's a SaaS company, it can scale from a one-person shop to uh, clients that support millions of dollars and, and hundreds of thousands of small businesses. Uh, but what we kind of right-size is the amount of consulting and support services, which is based on what the client is trying to achieve as an outcome, whether it's you know a small project in a rural community or rolling out a large program for a, for a state government. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. You keep mentioning this 1 million cups. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, explain what 1 million cups is, and then I'm going to ask you about how you hacked it and got to present at all of those. Uh, so you want to know... Um, first first off, tell us, what, tell us what 1 million cups is for, those, for the listeners who don't know. Oh, yes. So 1 million cups is a program by the Kauffman Foundation. I think they're in like 180 locations around the U.S., and it's a fantastic program. So uh, this program is primarily for entrepreneurs that are looking to get support from their communities. So if you have an idea, the idea was the whole idea being one million cups, I think, was that over a million cups of coffee or something to that effect. It was the cups is the cups of coffee that they're referring right. to. Uh, and I think 
it is by far the most fantastic program I've seen. There's one other program that I've seen that comes close to it um, that's got a slightly different take called Soup. Uh, and I'll give you one specific city, Detroit Soup. I think it started in Detroit where you come and talk to entrepreneurs over a bowl of soup. Detroit Soup I like better because you actually put some skin in the game where you have to give $10 to come in and have that bowl of soup and then they collect all the money and at the end of the night, um, the entrepreneur wins like $1,000 and it's all voting. So you vote for the best idea and they get $1,000 to go launch their idea. So I like Detroit Soup a little bit better and now they have that soup in a few other cities. Um, One million cups is or coffee. There is no uh, funding at the end of it, but it's an amazing rally um, uh, way to rally your community. And it has it has uh, fundamentally changed how we started our business. Like I said, we have spoken in 54, 56 and counting one million cups. I've traveled all the way to San Diego. Uh, I've, I flew to Austin, Texas from Tampa where I live. There were six people in the room and they were all just organizers for one million cups. And then I was in Bismarck, North Dakota, and there were, I think, 200 people in the audience in Bismarck in a really cold, snowy uh, winter morning, right? So you don't know what you will expect when you show up there. Uh, and it was a lot of my personal investment to fly to all these cities to go meet with entrepreneurs. But by far, in terms of culture and the way in which entrepreneurs rally around you or fellow um, entrepreneurs rally around you in the community does, uh, One Million Cups is a fantastic, fantastic program. Uh, it fundamentally changed how we started our business. And I'm sure you know if somebody is listening out there and is, uh, checking it out in their city, uh, I would highly recommend that they go and present there. Gotcha. Interesting. And this Det- I've never heard of Detroit Soup. That sounds really um, useful. That sounds like a really good model. So everybody sits down and they pitch their ideas and everybody votes. And then whoever has the best, they get the they get all the money that from that uh, that event. Okay. Yeah, that night. And and you bring in ten dollars cash. Or uh-huh. you can also do it through like Venmo or something. And you get a bowl of soup from a local kitchen. Um, and, gotcha. and they also have like uh, every uh, every week, they also have, I don't know if it's weekly or monthly, but they also have um, a local artist come and perform um, in the beginning of the event. It's, I mean, one of the best put together events I've been a part of. Um, and uh, and th- those are the kinds of things that revolutionize entrepreneurship from the bottom up. We can't determine whether somebody will be successful, but programs like this definitely give people a jump start uh, on their ideas. Right. Oh, yeah. And you're right. It is totally from the bottom up. It's not some you know committee that is deciding who's going to get this funding. This is let's just get together and you know support it right yeah. here from the ground level. And everybody gets one vote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the true democratized way to start a business. Wow. Or to support a business. So you you seem really uh driven by this idea of entrepreneurship. You know, where does this come from for you? Um I mean, I think the the idea of of um of entrepreneurship for me, like I said, like the the idea is part of this bigger idea of wealth creation. That entrepreneurship is probably the best path to wealth creation. The key is to make sure that when there is a great idea, that you surround that idea with those wraparound services, a great mentor network, a great uh, capital access program, um, a great set of local uh, 
service providers that can give them space, that can give them the early building blocks to get started, because that can create generational wealth and and meaningful um, investments and returns to the community. Now, it's not for everyone. So how do you make sure that when it's not a good idea, that there is an easy way to fail safely and to uh, not lose your house or not to become poor? And I've seen some cities do this really well. Like, for example, if you go to Denver, you will see people come up with ideas. Everybody rallies around them. Their idea fails. No big deal. They hop on to the next guy who's building the idea, work with them. And there is this kind of culture of innovation and entrepreneurship. And what excites me is that when done well, this is what creates that breakthrough wealth for communities. Because if you're earning an income, in a lot of cases, that income is not going to create fundamental difference to uh, a black or brown uh, entrepreneur or uh, a worker in a factory, right? It keeps them where they are and uh, it doesn't meaningfully change outcomes for them and for the next generation. But if you if you get entrepreneurship right, I think that changes the game. And if we can get enough people to start healthy businesses, uh, I think you can transform a community. And the best thing is that entrepreneurs go solve problems that others don't want to solve, right? So even when people fail, if we create a safe space to fail, you could still drive innovation and progress as a society because those entrepreneurs want to go solve the biggest challenges. And if you look at all the marquee names in our community, right, Kaufman or uh, JP Morgan or uh, any Rockefeller, all of them, all the people that we celebrate, all were entrepreneurs that went to solve problems. And if we can create a pipeline of people in every community and put resources around them where they can start fast or fail safe, I think I think we can make a meaningful impact. And a lot of the times, it's the it's the non-sexy story, right? Like it's not the Amazon HQ2. So it's up to people like us to really beat that drum to help city governments and economic development agencies understand that, that this is also a critical aspect of their community, that these people will live and work and spend money in those communities and improve the quality of life in those communities. So entrepreneurship, for a number of reasons, is, is extremely critical as part of the societal fabric. It's just that when it's done wrong, it can create a lot of pain. Um, and for example, if you look at this quarter, I think the highest number of startups failing in the last, I think, 10 or 12 quarters, if you look at CB Insights and if you look at their report on number of startups that have closed in this last quarter, right? Again, when not done well, it creates this negative momentum that tends to kind of hide why this is so important. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that you put that really well. The idea that it's important to keep, to have this safe space to fail so that you don't set up this negative, just so that you don't stop the momentum and you don't create this negative vibe yeah. around entrepreneurship. So if you're talking because I mean, you, you're a pretty good salesman for this. I can I can see why you do this. You're you're sort of turning my mind um, or, or changing my opinion on um, the role that economic developers need to play in this sort of entrepreneurial space. I can see how, although you know, we're always thinking about failure. We're always thinking about how can we you know guarantee a return for the investment that we're putting in on this. I can see that 
this idea of the safe place to fail and, you know, start fast, fail safely, you are making a solid investment because you're, you're creating this place that makes, that keeps that momentum going no matter what actually happens, no matter what the idea is, no matter what the business is, is we just keep that momentum flowing. And I can see that like in a, in a small community, especially in a small community, how important this would be because, you know, somebody comes in there, they, you know, have this great idea, the community rallies behind them and, you know, it blows up in their face. It doesn't work. It, it fails. That could have a really long-term, you know, negative impact on the community. Whereas if they create it as a, it, there's a safe place, like you say, a safe place to fail, no matter what happens, there's just going to be momentum. And then that's going to create another one and another one and another one. And it's just going to go on and on. That's right. Yep. And, and if you think about it, you know, the, when, we, when we think about entrepreneurship, it's more than just the economic dollar. There's also the social dollar. Because when you lose the local corner watering hole, whether it's a bar or it's a bowling alley or laundromat, uh, when you lose a lo- the, the local watering hole, you also affect the, the joy and the happiness and the social camaraderie. So you now reduce the social capital of that community. And not only is there an economic impact, there's a social impact to that community now. And so, yes, there is that economic uh, reason to invest in entrepreneurship and create that, that forward momentum. So um, creating that place where businesses can fail, but be able to continuously move the needle forward on innovation and problems that are they're solving and creating um, useful value for the community. But in parallel, you are also protecting some of the, the key infrastructure that keeps the community together. Because right. when we think about investments, we think of investments as if I give somebody a dollar, am I going to get a dollar twenty-five? The I think when you think about investing in entrepreneurship, I think that linear thinking I don't think really works. If I give somebody a dollar and I don't get that dollar back, but then if that dollar creates four jobs that then go and buy things in the community and live and pay taxes in the community, there is that multiplier effect for that one dollar that if you gave it as a tax incentive to a large corporation might never come back to you. Right, right. Right. So the the return of that dollar in a linear way, I think is the wrong way to think about when we invest in entrepreneurship. I think that entrepreneurship dollar actually has a multiplier effect in the community because it it turns into other things that the entrepreneur is actually helping fund and 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 spend money on. So uh, I think uh, I think there's more and more of a spotlight through people like you, Dane, and others. Um, you know, if you to name a few people in the space, uh, Victor Wang or uh, Brad Feld, uh, Ian Hathaway. There's there's a lot of people uh, doing great work in this space uh, and great agencies doing work in this space to can really tell these stories that why um, entrepreneurship is a critical pillar in economic development uh, and not, you know, this red-headed stepchild that when there was some extra funding, they would fund. Interesting. Oh, this is so good. Um, So is there anything else that we didn't touch on that we absolutely should that you want to get across? No, I, like I said, I'm really excited for the work you're doing. I think this is uh, so critical. And um, I think as more people elevate these stories, I think, um, 
I think it will make a difference. It already is making a difference. Whenever people come to me and ask for um, how they can fund their their work, I tell them there has never been a time like this. Between the Tech Hubs program that was just announced by the Biden-Harris administration, the Small Business Credit Initiative funding that's funded at almost $10 billion, um, between the work that's happening with the American Rescue Plan Act and the dollars that were set aside for the state and local fiscal recovery program. I mean, I can go on and on for the amount, the billions of dollars that are being invested in entrepreneurship. And there's never been a time as this for people that want to support entrepreneurship or people that care about building infrastructure that can help entrepreneurs uh, start a fast or fail safe. And I think that... Um, that if anybody's listening that is uh, interested in these programs, I think the EDA has an amazing website that has these programs. Uh, the Treasury has also information. So does the USDA. And then there's also the Small Business Administration programs. So from the bottom up, there's tremendous resources. From the top down, also, there's a lot of resources. And there's never been a time like this uh, to be in entrepreneurship. Well, that's fantastic. David, we're going to have to have you back you're going to have to explain the small business credit initiative because I think that is something that uh, probably most people don't have a lot of information about. But we'll do that, you know, we'll do that a different time. But uh, if anybody wants to reach out to you and learn more about, um, you know, economic impact catalyst or, you know, talk to you, pick your brain, how, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, uh, I'm uh, accessible on LinkedIn, uh, so you can look me up on LinkedIn. You can also go to economicimpactcatalyst.com. Um, I would I would love to talk to anybody that's uh, interested in learning more about any of the programs I've mentioned or just wants to kind of um, uh, help break down an idea or put a, a program together. Uh, I'm, I'm here to help. And uh, really, uh, this is a passion project of mine, still a passion project of mine. So if there's anything I can do to give back, um, I would love to. Thank you so much, David. You are... Uh... You're a real cheerleader for entrepreneurship, and I think you've really changed my perspective on the whole thing. So thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we were able to connect today. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.